don't you love the story of the unknown superhero that comes in and fixes the problem, saves the day, rescues the damsel, changes everything, and then slips off without any praise, without any recognition, just wanders off into the darkness because they don't want the attention for themselves. It's that unknown superhero. We seem to be really fascinated with superheroes. Always have been. I mean, my whole life growing up, it's, there's always been somebody, whether it's Batman or it's, it's Superman or now we've got all the Avengers and Captain America and we've got Iron Man and you know, uh, Batman 12.0. And we, we've got, it's, we, we are captivated by superheroes. But I want to read a story of a superhero tonight And I hope that we all can become like this person, a superhero that isn't really known. You wouldn't know her by name. You may not have even recognized her in this story. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, The king of Aram, the king of Aram had a great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, He suffered from leprosy. Even great warriors suffer with their own personal challenges. Even great men and women of God, while they're out there doing great things for God, I'm talking about each of you, while you're out there fighting the battle for the kingdom of God, you may also have to struggle with your own battles. It doesn't mean that you're not still effective and useful for the kingdom of God. Just because you got a personal battle going on doesn't mean that you're excluded from being used in kingdom service. Can I get an amen? Though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At the time, at this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who was given to Naaman's wife as a maid. So I want you to picture this. Here's Naaman, king of Aram, or the commander of the army of Aram, and they go in to Israel. They invade Israel. They take captives and they take as a captive, as a slave, this young girl. And Naaman gives her to his wife to serve her. One day, verse number three, the girl said to her mistress, Naaman's wife, I I wish my master, speaking of Naaman, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I'll send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver. That's a lot of silver. 150 pounds of gold. 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay. and said, this man sends me a leper to heal. Am I God that I can give life and take it away? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. He thought that the king of Aram was setting him up so that if he didn't come through or didn't uh, bring healing to Naaman, then they would have another war on their hands. 
But when Elisha, verse 8, the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent out or sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. Naaman was upset because Elijah didn't come out to him or Elisha didn't come out to meet him. He sent one of his servants instead. I mean, God can work through anybody. God can speak through anybody. But Naaman was upset because Elijah didn't come out to him. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord as God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Farpar better than the rivers of Israel? So it became really down to a territorial thing. I, I want to go down to the rivers in Israel. I'd rather go back to my rivers. Why are their rivers any better than our rivers? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned away and he went away in rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, would you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go wash and be cured. Can you imagine what, what well, if you put it like that. I mean, it was a pride issue. He didn't want to wash in a foreign country's river. He was still upset that Elisha didn't come out himself, that he sent a servant. So there was a lot of things going on, but it was all pride issue, all pride related, which becomes most of our problems. Pride. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young, child, a young child's. And he was healed. Whew. He was healed. We love superheroes. But we generally worship superstars rather than real heroes. We see all these people on social media and they become a superstar. And we worship how many followers they have. We worship superstars rather than real heroes. But there's a difference. And what is the difference? Here's the difference. Superstars strive for the applause of the crowd. Heroes act without regard of recognition. Superstars seek success. Heroes experience success through their actions. Superstars speak what people want to hear. Heroes speak what people need to hear. Superstars don't commit themselves until they've checked to see which way the wind is blowing. Heroes act based upon what is right, no matter which way the wind is blowing. Superstars don't throw themselves on hand grenades, but heroes do. There's a big difference between superstars and heroes. So who is the forgotten person in this story? Who is the person that's overlooked? Who is the person that we miss? We see the king of Aram and we see the king of Israel and we see the commander of the army of Aram, Naaman, and we see Elisha, the prophet, but we forget this little girl, this little servant girl, just a slave girl. What was so important about her? I mean, do you remember her name? No, you don't remember her name because her name's not even mentioned. The name is not even given. She's just called little girl or young girl. 
which in Hebrew, the term for little refers to that which is insignificant or worth less than other things in the same environment. Not real flattering. But at some point, this little Jewish girl, she gets taken away from her family by force. And the man who committed the crime is now her master, Naaman, the commander of the Syrian army. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little more carnal than most. And if it were me, I'd probably be saying, uh, this, this is the person that's responsible for destroying my dreams and taking my, me from my family and taking away my hopes and opportunities to be able to have a, a little Jewish family and a Jewish community. Uh, I, I, I would probably have some issues with this guy. So the problem comes in that now the, uh, the captor is stricken with leprosy and what Naaman has ignored, a little small patch of scaly skin, he's ignored it for a while. Now all of a sudden, he can't contain it. He can't hide it anymore. Most people see problems like this. Here's a guy that has come in taking this girl. You might look at it. Well, this is God's judgment on you. You're getting what you deserve. That's the way I would probably think. And some of you probably wouldn't. Now, some of you are more spiritual and you would have a deeper insight. But for us less spiritual... We would think serves you right. But God in his sovereignty may allow us to experience adversity in order to accomplish some kind of kingdom purpose. Do you realize that? God in his sovereignty will sometimes allow us to experience diversity in order to accomplish some kingdom purpose. Sometimes we just go through difficult times. We go through times that aren't so perfect. We experience times that, that are challenging. We experience times that test our faith. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something wrong or God's mad at you. It may mean that this is part of God's plan to refine us and to make us even better than we were before. And I know we all think, but I can, I can do a better job of refining myself than pain and adversity and trouble and sorrow and loss. We have our own method, I know. But there's plenty of stories. I don't have time to go through all the stories in the New Testament, even the Old Testament, of the trials and difficulties that came through those who followed Christ or followed God in the Old Testament. But Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, this, this little girl, she would not have been out of step if she would have thought that Naaman was getting punishment from God because of what he did. But there's a problem with that thinking. Because in 2 Kings 5.1, the scriptures there says, Now Naaman, captain of the army, king of Syria, was a great man with his master, highly respected, because by him the Lord, what? The Lord had given victory to Syria? God gave Naaman victory? Same one who took this girl from his family? Do you realize that God allowed this little girl's captivity and Naaman actually became an instrument of God? Why in the world? Why would God do that? And then why would God punish Naaman for doing the will of the Lord if he was given favor to win this battle? 
Here's what I realize is sometimes there are things that happen in our lives that we don't necessarily understand things that happen in our life that we don't really like, but God uses even difficult situations in our, in fact, most of the situations that he uses in our life to bring himself glory are difficult ones. John nine, one through three, the disciples asked Jesus, Hey, who sinned that this man was born blind? Somebody's got to be responsible for this. There's a blind man here. Jesus answered verse number three, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. He said, neither sin, but the blindness was there because God was going to use that in the future to glorify his name because God works all things together for good. Romans eight, 28. He can work through sickness. He can work through layoffs. He can work through divorce. He can work through trials. He can work through hardship and disappointment. He can work through failure and wrong turn. He can work through mistakes and he can work through bankruptcy and betrayal and backstabbings. He can work through doubts and fears. I'm not saying that this is the lifestyle that we should choose, but I'm saying there are times that he can use questioning when we have confusion and carelessness and even criticism and rebellion and rebuke. He can use all all those things to work them out for good. Let me tell you, here's what I mean by this. There's a twist in this story because this girl desires his health rather than his harm. She desires his good rather than for him to be taken down. Again, I wouldn't have condemned her for wanting her master's misfortune. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have blamed her for delighting even in his sickness. I mean, she, she is a slave in his house now, but that's not what she did. You know what she did? She did what Jesus would have done. In fact, this girl had more insight than most did because she says to Naaman's wife, she says, I, I just, I wish, I wish my master would go see the prophet. He could be healed. She wished for good upon her captor, but she spoke in faith because the fact is she had never seen anybody healed of leprosy before. She just believed in her God. She had more focus and more faith and more hope in God. How do I know that? Second Kings 5, 3, look, it says, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of leprosy. And then if you go to Luke 4.27, look at the, go down about two, three more slides there. Luke 4.27, there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. What? That's the only one that had been healed. That's the only one this girl saw healed. There, she had not seen anyone healed of leprosy before. So where did this come from? It came from a relationship with God. We have the benefit of having this relationship with Jesus Christ. If the worship team would come back, we have this benefit of knowing his faithfulness, of knowing his track record, of knowing what he can do, of knowing that God is able to do more than we can ask or think. We have this benefit. But what this girl did was this girl acted with compassion rather than uh, wanting to pay back. She, she acted with boldness. I mean, she could have been killed for even speaking to her master's wife. She spoke in faith because she spoke of something that she had not seen before. 
So here's my, my challenge to us, because I believe that most of us fall into this trap of following our emotions and following our own logic and following our own reasoning and, and wanting payback for those who have done us wrong. But that's not what Jesus taught us to do. Jesus hung on the cross and he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He did the very opposite of what our nature tells us to do. There are people in your life who have wronged you. There are people who have, have tried their best to take you down. There are people in your life, maybe even in your family or at your work, that are doing their best to try to make your life miserable. And I know there's something inside most of us that when we see things not going so well for those people, we just delight in it just a little bit serves them right. They're getting what they deserve. But that's not what Jesus taught us to do. And this girl shows us that even though Naaman was responsible for taking her away from her family, she desired and prayed for and hoped for his well-being. She showed him the way to a healer. What makes this story so special is this word that she shares. It's, it's the heart of Jesus. And it goes against the grain of our society that we live in today that wants to look out for ourselves and wants to make sure that we're, we've got one up on everybody else. And it's just the heart of Jesus. This is the heart of Jesus. Jesus hadn't even been born yet. But it's forgiving. And it's compassionate. And it's full of faith. She doesn't let her own situation dictate what she feels inside. She didn't let her outer circumstances change her. What was inside of her was stronger than what was going on outside of her. And here's where we have to live. Freedom, listen to me. We cannot allow our outward circumstances. We can't let the community that we live in dictate how we believe and how we feel inside. Our faith in Jesus Christ has to be bigger than anything else that goes on out there in the world. There are people that are out there going to do you wrong. You're going to get the short end of the stick at work every now and then. Somebody's going to take credit for the work that you did. Somebody's going to lie on you and make your life just a little bit miserable. This is when we have an opportunity to take on this spirit, this attitude. And be that unknown superhero that steps up and interjects the spirit of Jesus Christ into the situation and allows there to be a divine, supernatural moment of change in people's lives. You can be that person. You've got Naamans in your life. You have Naamans in your life. They've taken things from you. They've denied you of opportunities. They've stood in between you and certain blessings. They prevented you from experiencing your dreams and your goals, your desires. There are namings in your life. And you can either sit back and wish for evil upon them and hope that they get what they deserve. Or you could start speaking blessing upon them. You could start speaking healing upon them. You can start speaking forgiveness and find freedom in your own self. That's the biggest miracle, your own freedom.
Because when you forgive, the chains that hold you back in bitterness, hatred, and anger, they are broken. And I want you free. I want to live in freedom. I don't want to be bound by somebody else, somebody who's wronged me or hurt me or spoken ill against me. I, I want to be free. I want to be free. And there's freedom tonight in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen?